Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning. We're excited you're here as we are in week five of our series red letter questions and really this is all leading up to next week which is easter man we're excited about easter we're excited to celebrate the fact that jesus was resurrected that that he conquered the grave and that the tomb is empty so again I want to challenge you to to make sure you make your way out to one of our three services 7 30 9 and 10 30 and then invite and bring people as well and we still have some invite cards if you uh if you haven't got an invite card yet make sure you grab some of those so that you can bring somebody with you as we conclude our series next week on this red letter questions but what we've been doing though over the last few weeks is we've been digging in and again if you look at your bible there's red letters And the red letters are the words that Jesus spoke. And we've been looking specifically at the questions that Jesus spoke. Because Jesus used questions more than any other type of communication. He used questions over and over and over again because he knew that it led to transformation. He knew that it led to to just being information, but transformation in our lives as well. In fact, he asked 307 questions in the Gospels. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which again, they are account of Jesus' ministry and life. He asked 307 questions. So the truth is, we're only just looking at a few of them, right? We're just getting to the tip of the iceberg. And today what I want us to do is I want us to dig in. I want us to look at a question that Jesus asked each and every one of us, that he asked his followers to answer really, really to who he is, right? And really what it is, it's a question of identity. And it's this question of who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And before we jump in though, I just want us to think about this question a little bit. Because the truth is this is a powerful question. Right? This is a question that that singles someone out. Right? This is a question that that leads to naming a person. It's really it's a question of recognition. And it's a powerful question. It's a question that many times we answer in many different areas of our life even in games. So how many of you guys have ever played the game Guess Who? All right, we've got some of you. So in the Huffman household, this is a fun one. Our kids love this game. It's one that they enjoy. It's one that Berkeley is really good at. In fact, we have a quick video of Sarah, my wife Sarah, and Berkeley playing this video now. So check, or playing this game. So check out this video. Does your person, is your person a girl? Yes. Is your poor person a boy? No. Daddy. Does your person have blonde hair? Nope. Does your person have a hat? No. Okay. Is your person Sarah? your guess for me. Does your person have a ponytail? Yes. Does your person make them? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's two things that are cool about this game, right? 
there's two things that I want us to really point out. Number one is that if you didn't know, the game Guess Who actually features our very own ministry director, Daryl Beckett. And then number two is in the game, it comes to a point where you have to actually identify the person on the card. It's that question of who do you say I am? And in our relationship with Jesus, in our walk with him, we get to that same point as well, where he asks us, who do you say I am? And he asks us specifically this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, where we'll spend some time there today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. That way you can read your Bible every single day. But in this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 16, it's really about Jesus is in the middle of his ministry, and he's, he's really making a shift in his ministry, right? He's uh, starting to describe his true purpose, the reason that he's, he's really here on earth, right? He's starting to, to reveal this, and he's revealing it to his closest friends. See, before this, Jesus, again, he was teaching, he was doing some healings, he was doing miracles, he was casting out demons, he was doing all that amazing stuff, and he actually continues to do, the, do those things. But his ministry is actually so much more than that. So in this passage here, you see a kind of a shift in his ministry. So Jesus withdraws from the crowds to get with his disciples, and he starts to tell them about what's happening. And he uses questions to do it. Right? He uses questions to point and direct his disciples of where they're going. He uses questions really to build them up, to let them see all that he will be and all that he's going to accomplish. So check this out, Matthew chapter 16. We'll start here in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? So again, here's Jesus, and he's with his disciples. And what he's actually doing is he's withdrawing, withdrawing from an area where there's a lot of crowds. He's going to an area that's not populated by many Jewish people. Because what he wanted to do is he wanted to be left alone. Right? He's getting away from all the crowds so that he can be with his disciples, so that he can be with his closest followers, so that he can ask some questions to them, and that they can answer openly, that they can answer freely with them. Right? What he's doing is he really, he's getting a gauge on where they're at, because Jesus knows what's about to happen. So really, Jesus starts off with, with what would be a, a leading question, and he asks, who do people say I am? And then they responded here in verse 14. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Right, so some say John the Baptist, and again, John the Baptist at this time was, was known as a great man of God. And he's known as, as a great prophet, so much so that he instilled some fear in the leadership of that time that he was actually, they feared him so much that they beheaded him. And then people thought he was so great that he could come back from the dead. So some people are saying that Jesus is John the Baptist. Others are saying that he's Elijah, who's like the prince of prophets. Right? He's the prophet among all prophets, one of the most famous prophets of all time. Right? And one of the greatest prophets of all time. So some people are saying that. Some people are saying that he's Jeremiah, which again is a great prophet. But really what they're in, they're, they're all in agreement that, that Jesus is something special, right? That Jesus is an incredible prophet. He's something, something that they hold to a very high regard. And this is where it's kind of interesting, right? Because this is really a setup, right? This question is a setup for, for Jesus to challenge his disciples to the deeper question. But I think he starts off with this question, who do people say I am? Because he knows that what people are talking about, what people are saying has some influence on his disciples, right? What other people say have some influence on us as well. I mean, if you think about it, I think we allow what other people say, 
We allow that to influence how we see other people. We allow it to influence how the, the identity of others around us. And sometimes we allow what people to say, what people say to identify us as well. I mean, think about it, right? There's certain things that people probably say about you. There's certain things that people probably say about me. Again, some of those are good. Some of those could be bad. Some of those could be some good characteristics, some good traits. Some of those could be some negative characteristics, some negative traits as well. And some of them just could be portions of my identity. But whatever people say, really, and what other people are saying to others about me really impacts how people treat me and how I react with others. I mean, think about it. If some people come up to me and say, you know what, Corbin's Sarah's husband, right? They're going to treat me a certain way because of that, right? Some people come up to me and say, y'all, Corbin's just the, the son of, of Greg and Cindy. He's the, the brother of, of Kindy, right? They're going to they're gonna treat me a different way based on what they know about my parents, what they know about my sister. Right now I'm to the point in the age where like people know me as uh, Berkeley and Griffin's dad, right? That's the, there comes that point where like it doesn't matter about us anymore. It's just our kids. They're like, oh, you're Berkeley and Griffin's dad. But the truth is people treat me differently based on what they know about me, based on what others are saying. And the same is true for you. The same is true for others. I think we treat people differently based on what we hear about us. It influences our thoughts. It influences our opinions. It influences our actions towards that person. I mean, think about it. If somebody talks about how great a person is, like how talented or, or how kind or, or how smart or how much this person's got everything together, we go into that relationship. We go into meeting them with some certain expectations, right? And on the other end of the spectrum, if somebody starts talking about how bad a person is, right? How negative they always are, how, how they always gossip or how they have some issues, how they lie, how they cheat, how they, how they steal. If we go into this and we start talking, we go in a little more reserved, right? We have some premonitions about them. We're thinking like, you know what? I'm going to be a little more reserved. I'm not going to jump all in. And it's based on what others are saying. It's based on what we hear about their background. It's based on what we hear about people's jobs, their upbringings, their families. All these things automatically give us some assumptions about something. Right? And the fact is, some of us, we probably never connect with people just based on what others have said. But here's the thing. How many of you have ever met somebody and they were completely different from what you heard about. We all have. Right? We've met some people that, man, we thought they were supposed to be awesome, and they didn't quite crack up to everything that was told about. Then we met some people that we thought were supposed to be terrible, but that they were actually really good people. Right? We have to experience it. We have to experience some of these relationships for ourselves. And here's the problem. This is the way we do with Jesus sometimes, too. There's sometimes we just base our relationship with Jesus based on what we hear, based on what others say. Right? And because of that, our relationship with them never goes beyond just that surface level. Right? Our relationship with them never really becomes personal. It never goes beyond just the religion. It never goes beyond just the systems that people are told us that we're supposed to do and put in place in our lives. Right? It never goes beyond just the practices that, that we hear that we're supposed to live out and walk. Right? It never goes beyond just the, the behaviors that we think that we're supposed to live out. Right? And it's a surface level. And really what it is, it's a lukewarm relationship. And it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place, and it's a dangerous way to identify who Christ is. It's a dangerous way to identify him based on what others say, because it's lukewarm. And Jesus says this later in Revelation 3.16. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now the book of Revelation, it's actually a vision that John had. And Jesus is, is in John's vision, and John's writing this down about how Jesus is telling future churches and churches to, to certain things. And he's saying that if you're lukewarm, he'll spit you out. And again, this is harsh. Like, this is pretty intense. But understand, 
Jesus wants us to have more than just a surface-level relationship. See, we can think highly of Jesus, but not fully experience him. And he wants us to fully experience who he is, right? He came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was risen again so that we could experience all of him. He did all that for more than just religion, right? He did all that to be more than just what others say about him, right? Again, this is why we challenge you to read the Bible every single day, not just a Sunday, so that you can experience him. This is why we challenge you to jump into a life group so that you can be with other people who are growing closer so that you can experience him each and every day, right? So it's not just something that you hear from me on a Sunday morning, but it goes beyond just hearing, right? But it goes to connecting as well because it's a growing relationship. It's a growing relationship where we can continually experience him. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants for us. So this is why he starts this question off. He says, who do people say I am? It was a leading question. Who do people say? And people were saying some powerful things. They were saying he's a prophet. He's a great man, right? He's incredible. But what this question was, it was a lead to a deeper question. It was a lead into something more. The red letter question that we're looking at today in verse 15. It says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? What about you? Jesus is asking each and every one of us, what about you? Yeah, it's good what others are saying. All that's fine. All that's great, right? But what about you? It's time to get personal. It's time to get real. It's time to go beyond just the surface and to dig a little bit deeper, right? It's time to go beyond just emotions. It's time to stop just playing games. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Jesus is asking his disciples this, and he's asking us this as well. Who do you say I am? And what this is, it's really that moment in the relationship where it's the define the moment relationship. This is where Jesus is at. This is why he's asking this question. For any relationship to go beyond the surface level, there has to be a moment where this is present. And what Jesus is doing is he's using a question to dig a little deeper. Right? He's asking us to define the relationship. And here's the truth I want us to walk away with. Here's what I want us to understand. How we define Jesus defines our relationship. How we define Jesus defines our relationship. Do we define him just based on what others say? Do we define him by, by just based on, on what we've heard? Do we define him by just some speculations of things, right? Is he, is he just a great prophet to us? Is he just a great teacher? Is he just an inspiration or is he more? He's asking us and he's setting us up to define the relationship. And he's asking, who do you say I am? Think about that question for your life right now. What's amazing about this question is, is that we had the cheat sheet though. That's what the Bible is. It's the cheat sheet. We have the answers. We can go to that. We can see. Right? And Peter gives us the example of how we need to answer this question here in verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter answered this question saying, you are the Messiah. Understand, this is a big statement. Right? This is a huge statement. All these other people were saying that Jesus is one of the prophets, right? He's one of the great prophets, right? And the prophet is really doing this. They're leading to the Messiah. But Peter 
Peter goes one step further and he says, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the promised one. You are the deliverer, right? You are the king of all kings. You are the Christ and you're the son of the living God. Right? This is a huge statement. In fact, even saying this was risky for Peter. Again, this is one of the reasons why Jesus took him and took him out of all the crowds because he knew that this question, he knew that this question was dangerous. He knew that this question was powerful and he knew that the answer was powerful and dangerous as well. So Jesus says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then check out how Jesus responds here in verse 17. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is some pretty amazing stuff. Here's Peter, and he declares Jesus as the Christ. He declares Jesus as the Messiah, and because of it, because of it, Peter is blessed. Right? Because it's Peter's blessing, not only that, he's transformed. He goes from Simon, son of Jonah, to Peter. Peter meaning rock, right? Peter meaning rock, the ones that the, the foundation of all of the church, of all God's work is going to be built upon with him and Jesus, right? He's transforming him into the likeness of who Christ is. All because of his declaration. All because he claimed Jesus was the Messiah. All because he said it. Because he said it, he would be an integral part of the church. He'll be an integral part of the body of believers, so much so that the gates of hell couldn't even overcome. His declaration led to the power of who Jesus is, and it led to the power of who Jesus is being unleashed in his own life. And it leads to the kingdom of heaven. This is some pretty powerful language that Jesus used. But this is who he is. And this is who he wants us to become through him. Again, Jesus died on the cross to save us from sin. But the truth is, it's so much more than that. He died on a cross to save us from sin so that we can go and make an impact everywhere we go. We can make an impact for him. Think about that. He wants us to experience his blessing so that he can bless others through us. He wants us to experience transformation so that others can have hope and experience transformation as well. He wants us to experience him so that we can be a part of his plan, so we can move and work in life with his power. His power that's greater than anything Satan can throw us against. His power that can conquer death. His power that can conquer demons. His power that can conquer addictions and lead others to conquering addictions as well. He wants us to experience his kingdom. And all this is possible when we answer the question, who do you say? Who do you say? Listen, the way we answer this is obviously it's easy. It's right there. It says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So we answer that question. Listen, for me, Easter's next week. I want to give you just a real quick point. Say, hey, you're going to name it. You're the son of the living God. Then you're going to go proclaim it, right? You're going to go tell others about it. I'm thinking like that. That'd be two easy, quick points as I'm putting this message together and be great for Easter. And again, we do. We want you to invite as many people as you can next week. We've got three services. We want them packed out. We're called to do that, right? We're called to share with others. We're called to go and make disciples. Like that's the great commission. But what's crazy about this message here and this passage of scripture is this isn't what it's about. 
In fact, Jesus goes on in verse 20, and you hear him say this. You hear that he did this here. It says, then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Like, great, Jesus. That was a great sermon right before Easter, right? But here's why. This red-letter question, it's personal. It's personal. Yeah, we know how to answer it. Yeah, we know the words to say. But it has to become personal. It has to go beyond just the surface. And for, go to, for it to go beyond the surface, what we have to do is we have to experience Him. We have to experience Him as the Messiah. We have to experience Him as the Son of the living God. And if you dig into verse 20, again, Jesus told His disciples not to tell anyone. But here's why. It's because they still needed to experience the meeting of Peter's proclamation. They needed still to, to experience the meaning that Jesus was the Messiah, right? See, although, G, although Peter had said it, there was still more to come, right? In fact, again, this passage is the beginning of the turn of, of Jesus' ministry where he starts sharing a little bit more about this. See, the disciples had, had yet to fully know what was happening because, well, Jesus was still there with them, right? The tasks weren't complete yet. So being the Messiah didn't necessarily mean dying on a cross to them. They didn't fully grasp what it meant. In fact, they thought that it meant conquering the, the Romans from Palestine all the way to Israel. Right? They, they thought it was the, an earthly king. But understand this. Jesus came to be the heavenly king. So this is why he commanded them to be silent. If they had gone out and that they had shared this, what they would really have, have committed, what they really had done, what they have succeeded in doing would be causing a rebellion and chaos amongst people. Before they could preach that Jesus was the Messiah, they had to experience it. It had to become real. And the truth is it has to do that for us as well. We have to experience it. And listen, I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you to experience Jesus as the Messiah. Experience Jesus as the Son of the living God. And what we're going into is what's known as Holy Week. It's just an incredible time to reflect on all that Jesus is, on all that Jesus has done on everything that God has done for us through his son. And I want to challenge you. Use this week to experience him. In just a moment, we're going to close with worship. For you, maybe for you to experience, to experience Jesus is actually to worship. So I know we come here Sunday, we have some time of music, and some of us, we probably just stand around with our, with our hands in our pocket, like they're glued in our pocket, right? Can't do anything. We, we stare at the words, and it's nice. People sing around us, it's real pretty. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Be the ugly singer today. Right? Worship. If you can't sing, guess what? You can still sing to him and it sounds beautiful to him. Now, your neighbor might not be appreciative of it, but still sing. Right? Let your voice go. As we close, let your voice go. Maybe, maybe lift your hands up. You're thinking, like, people are going to look at me. Like, what do I do with my hands? I don't know. Listen, you can't do it any wrong way. But I want to challenge you to worship so that you can experience more and more of him. This week, experience him. Right, tonight we have prayer from 6 to 7. As we go into Holy Week, as we start this week, use this time to reflect on all that Jesus has done. Use this time to, to spend an hour with him. I would challenge you to come to prayer tonight. But experience who he is. Again, we have Monday, Thursday services this Thursday at 7 p.m. Use it as a time to experience. What we're going to do in Monday, Thursday services, we're going to reflect on, on the time that Jesus spent with his last disciples. And we're going to serve communion to each other. We're going to read scripture. We're going to sing some hymns, much like he did that. It's an incredible time to reflect and experience him.
to experience the fact that, that he came to serve us. I challenge you to show up Sunday, Thursday at, at 7 p.m. Good Friday is Friday. Good Friday is the day Jesus died on a cross, the day he gave it all. Let us experience that. Let's slow down this week. Maybe Friday we, we fast something, whether it's food or maybe it's something else, right? We, we give up something, and instead of spending the time we usually do on that, let's, let's spend time in prayer with God so that we can experience him. Experience him as the Messiah, as the Son of the living God. And then obviously all this is leading up to Easter next week. Let's come and celebrate, right? Easter is one of the, funnest, one of the most fun Sundays because we get to celebrate all that Christ has done. We get to celebrate the fact that the tomb is empty, that he conquered death, that he conquered sin. Let's experience him. To answer this question, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, we need to experience him, and then we also ex we need to answer this through a relationship with him. See, the truth is there's some things that we can only know through a relationship. Right? There's some things that can't be revealed to us by, by what others say. There's some things that can't be revealed to us by, by hearsay, by things we may hear, but it only through relationship. And again, don't miss this. Don't miss what Jesus said to Peter after he answered the question in verse 17. It says, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This wasn't revealed to you by a person speaking this. This wasn't revealed to you by anybody. This wasn't shared to you by anything that you read, but instead by my Father in heaven. It wasn't revealed through word of mouth. It was revealed through his relationship with God. Listen, it's not enough to know about Jesus. We actually have to know him. We have to build and develop our relationship with him. And Christianity is not about knowing Jesus. It's, about, it's not about knowing about Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to answer this red letter question through relationship and through knowing him. And here's how we do that. Relationships grow through the time we spend with others. So I want to challenge you, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with God. Be intentional about it. Like schedule some time with God. Yeah, it may not feel very spiritual, but the truth is there's some things that we do in our relationships that maybe don't feel very, really spiritual as well. And the same is true with God. We need to make time for him. We need to schedule some time. Schedule some time to pray. Schedule some time to read. Schedule some time to worship. Schedule some time to study. Schedule some time to do life with others so you can grow closer. Schedule some time to, so you can build your relationship. Another way we build relationships is by getting away with person, right? By getting away with them. I love the fact that this whole, this whole story that we read today, it happened with Jesus taking his disciples and getting away with them so that they could be connected more, so that they could open, have open dialogue. They could have open conversation. When's the last time you got away with Jesus? When's the last time you took some, some time to, to get away from all the distractions? I want to challenge you to do that. And for you, maybe that means you're going to change it up where you pray. Maybe for you, it means you're going to change it up when you pray. And maybe you need to, to go take a hike and, and be by yourself in nature to experience more of him. Maybe you just need to get in your car and drive around and blast the worship music on. But use some time so that you connect and build your relationship with him. And then you also need to listen. Relationships, believe it or not, grow from us listening. Don't look at your spouse right now. What happens? We need to listen. And listen, I'll be, I've, never, I've never heard the audible voice of God. 
I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I know God's spoken to me multiple times. We have to listen. We have to listen to the things that, that he's speaking to and through us. And for you, maybe it's a, for me, it's been a book, through books, through podcasts, through my journaling, right? There's times he's spoken through my wife, but most of the times it's through his word, right? His Bible is his word. The Bible is his word and he speaks through it, but we have to listen. Right? Jesus is calling us into our relationship with him. And we do that by spending time with him, by getting away with him and by listening to him. He wants us to answer the question through experience and through relationship. This Sunday, if you didn't know, was actually what's known as a Palm Sunday. So there's probably many churches around. I remember growing up as a kid, I would, uh, I would be the little kid that would carry palms and we'd let us come into the sanctuary and we'd wave them around and I would hit my friend in the back of the head as hard as I could with the palm. Like, there's always, always some good stuff. But what it is, it's a celebration. It's a celebration really reflecting the, of what, when Jesus was coming back to Jerusalem. And when Jesus was coming back to Jerusalem, he rode on a donkey. And the crowds in Jerusalem, they did this. They lined the streets. They pulled branches down and they lined the streets and then they put their cloaks out on the streets as a sign of honor. As Jesus is coming in there, they're yelling at him. They're celebrating the fact that he's here, right? The son of David, the man who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're all along this lines. And what they're really doing is that they're answering this question of, that Jesus asked each and every one. Who do you say I am? But understand this. What's crazy about this story is just days later, these same people, these same people that were singing the praises of Jesus were the same people that were yelling, crucify him. They were the same people that sent him to the cross. They answered the question, but it never got beyond the surface level. Many of these people never fully experienced him. Many of these people never had a true relationship with him. And today, as we, as we think about this question, I want us to understand the depth of it. I want it to go beyond just the surface level. So I don't want us to be singing praises on a Sunday and yelling crucify him on a Thursday and a Friday. I want us to truly hear this question. Who do you say? And then I want us to be able to say that he's the Messiah, the son of the living God, and we answer it through experience and we answer it through our relationship. As we close, if you would, take the connection card and the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today and maybe for you, maybe you've never answered that question. Or maybe you did, but you've, but you've walked away. So I want to give you the opportunity to say that Jesus is the son of the living God, that he's the Messiah and that he's your savior. And I want to give you the opportunity to commit your life to him. If that's you, on that connection card in the, the first box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. If that's you, check mark that box and then begin to live that out. Maybe you're here today and maybe for you, maybe you've answered that question, but maybe you've slacked a little bit. Maybe you don't feel as close as you once were. Maybe you're not experiencing him as, as much. And maybe it's time to, to put some things in place so that you experience him more. Maybe it's time to put some things in place where you can build and develop your relationship with him. Whatever that is, write that down and then begin to live that out. There's also a place for a prayer requests as well. If you would take a moment to, to fill that card out completely, and in just a moment, the ushers will be out to collect those and any ties are offering. But if you will, fill those out. We take those seriously. Fill those out so that we can journey with you, so that we can pray with you as well.
In just a moment, Seth will be up to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.